What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Political Panda program. Happy Monday. We have a lot of news. Uh, we, of course, France is at war with itself, sparking an entire civil war amongst itself. We'll go into all of that. We'll go into a thing that was written by Playboy back in the 1950s that is supposed to be a dystopian future and a, a sort of, I guess... A somewhat, you know, tale of a love story between two people, but it's not in the way that you would think when it comes from Playboy, and we'll talk about how it could be where our society is heading, and could be almost a slight prediction of the future, almost a hundred, over, you know, 50 plus years ago at this point, even 70 years ago at this point. Uh, of course, more reactions of the affirmative action stuff, and what universities are going to try to do next a suggestion by the New York Times about what to do about your student loans because of the also other Supreme Court uh, decision and a whole bunch of other stuff. We have so much to go over today. Of course, if you haven't already, please consider hitting that subscribe button, following over on Twitter and True Social. Of course, check out the description for all of the uh, amazing, amazing articles used. Uh, of course, uh... The Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny review is company uh, coming. I hit some writer's block writing it over the weekend, uh, but it is coming. It's coming soon. It'll be over on my Substack. Follow me over on Twitter or go and subscribe to the Substack link down below to know when that officially comes out. So uh, instead of opening with a clip, I, I would have opened with, you know, some of the France stuff, but I feel like we got to start here. We got to start here because... So, there is a story from 1955 that that was written. It was wrote in public. It was called "The Crooked Man," and it was published back in 1955. In which it's in a dystopian uh, in the dystopian future of the Crooked Man, the stigma of sexual orientation is reversed. Heterosexuality has been outlawed apparently as a measure to curtail overpopulation in this enlightened society homosexual relationships are mandatory rogue heterosexuals are imprisoned or f or cured and children are born in labs by all account the crooked man stirred up a bit of controversy of course back in the day but this is from 1955 you know it appeared in August of 1955 in Playboy, and the thing that's weird about this whole tale is it, it seems really weird when you think about it, but, like, you, you start looking and you even read some of it, you know, Dancing Man, whereas he slipped into a corner booth away from the Dancing Men where it was the quietest, where the odors of busk... As the, it's a full-on tale of just a world in which if you wanted to be a straight couple, it's banned, and the idea of children being grown in labs is completely normal and okay, and that if you aren't, well, then you need to be cured. You're, you're being, you know, like a, a, a full-on kink shamer, practically. You know, oh, you want to have a normal relationship? That's really weird. Like, why are, why are you into stuff like that? You know, like, you have people who are straight trying to meet up, you know, secretly because they don't want to 
you know, because if they're caught, they'll have that happen to them. The, the whole story focuses on mainly two characters, and it, it, it's more of a almost prediction, I almost feel. It's more of not really even, a, like, it's like an un... It's like an unconsequited, like, uh, an unintended prediction, almost, in which it's a story written by a person who thinks, ah, that would never happen. It's like satire that you don't expect would be something that would predict the future, and yet, here it is. You know, if we keep on the path, do you really think that there's not going to be a point where being a... I mean, look, it, we're, we're already creating a slur for straight people anyway. You know, oh, you're a cis? Ah, oh, ugh. You know, we can create a lot of, you know, like, you know, with the way of tone and way people say things, you can create a full-fledged world of people being against a very certain thing. And in the West, what did we come up with? Ah, what are you, a cis? Oh, you're a cis-gendered person? You're not queer, you're not pansexual, you're not polyamorous, like, you're not into all these different things? It's it's weird to think that something so far back that could sound so crazy to read inside of, you know, a magazine of this caliber back in 1955 wouldn't seem that far off over almost 70 plus years later, where now it's 2023, and, you know, we look back on... You know, something like that. Almost yeah, seventy, almost seventy years later, looking back on something and just going, "Wow, like what the hell?" Like that. Just it, it seems so far fetched, yet, well, so far. Of course, being that the annual month of pride that's on all of our calendars is over. Of course, Dylan Mulvaney, of course, the transgender figure is um. Of course, very much shocked that Bud Light didn't come to to his rescue. He, as uh, apparently they did not openly support him. I, I wait, oh, I'm shocked, and that they said not standing behind the person gives customers a green light to be transphobic as well as hateful. Oh, it's claiming that he's faced bullying as well as transphobia and said that he's afraid to depart his house and has been ridiculed in public and followed. He also said he has experienced loneliness and that I wish I wouldn't wish on anyone. Um, so here's where my immediate doubt of all of that begins. You live in California, you know, and, and probably like L.A. or San Francisco. You know, like, one of the most liberal places you could ever imagine. So, like, the idea, the idea that even really, like, more than even, like, one person, besides, like, some crazy homeless person, ever came up to you in any way of bullying, like, in real life, not not online, okay? Online bullying, very different to actual in-person I am, I'm sorry, it just is. And in this entire aspect, I, I I, would be very shocked. As well as the fact that I wouldn't even be... I'm not as well shocked that it seems that they wouldn't. I, I don't understand why. You've lost them billions upon billions of dollars. I mean, no one even wants them that 
you know, even like bottling plants are being forced to shut down because no one is buying Bud Light. I mean, okay. If you even want to know how bad it is, I was in the car with my parents the other day. And so my parents, they still, you know, listen to the radio consistently. And on the radio, in our, you know, area, there's a more, you know, it's like our more local kind of chain of, like, stores. How, like, certain areas have, like, their certain, like, local chain for that, like, area. You know, like, not like your Walmarts or anything. But, like, a local chain was advertising more, like, on the radio about, like, their deals for, like, the 4th of July. And they, and they mentioned beer. And the one beer they didn't mention was Bud Light. They mentioned, like, every other, they mentioned, like, three others but not Bud Light at all because even they know that they don't even want to mention it because they still want people to come into their store and buy things because right now people do not like Bud Light. They don't, and I don't think that's ever going to change. I think what Bud Light represents at this point is what happens when it just people have learned to accept it for so long and eventually they just get fed up and go, that I've had enough. I've had enough and this was a final straw. So, uh, is anyone shocked? No, you shouldn't be. Of course. It, it, it shouldn't shock me. As well as some other fun stuff, as apparently, so, Jen Psaki, who is on MSNBC now, because, you know, as soon as you leave the White House, it immediately becomes A-OK -okay for you to just you know, get an immediate job right inside of the media, because that's a normal thing to do, guys. Guys, it, it, it's a normal thing to, uh, to do such a thing in which you immediately, you immediately just get a job, you know, you leave from one of the worst jobs and you get a nice cushy job being being on on MSNBC, it's it's fine. There's no corruption there whatsoever. It's not like this doesn't happen like every single time. Well, of course, of course, Jen Psaki is apparently apparently Republicans are recruiting Muslims against transgender people. This sounds so funny. Oh, we've got to hear her. I mean, it is a bit of a long one, but you know what? Well, let's break this down because I'm sure I'm sure that everything that she says is so correct and that we're gonna agree completely. So lately I've been noticing the reemergence of a very old GOP playbook that harkens back to President Richard Nixon's infamous Southern strategy. Dur whoa, 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 hold, hold up, hold up. I like how she says really old playbook. When I, okay, I don't know about you guys. This is going to be very, like, just out of the ordinary here. I, this is, I, I know we're only like 11 seconds into this video. I, I, I've got to be completely honest. When I think of really, really old Okay, when I when I think of really old, okay, Richard Richard Nixon's presidential term. Okay, Richard Nixon's like presidential term, I think was what? Yeah, his term was from 1969 to 1974. Okay, so if we go by 19 for we'll just go for, you know, 1974 when it ended. Okay, so that was 49 years ago. I don't really think of 49 years ago as being a really long time ago. Like, when I think of a really long time ago, I think of, you know, maybe like 1923 or, you know, like almost the early 1900s as a long time ago. But hey, I guess 
we have different, very different definitions of a long time ago. Let, let's let's see what what else we got. During his campaign for president in 1968, the Republican Party made a concerted effort to reach white Southerners who used to vote for Democrats by playing to their fears of African Americans and the civil rights movement, and it worked. By pitting one group of Americans against another, the GOP successfully managed to split off Southern whites from the Democratic Party. Now, decades later, the right wing is reviving that same playbook, this time with Muslim Americans and trans people. I, I, I actually, that, that entire wouldn't, wouldn't be entirely correct. The, the playbook of the actual, of Richard Nixon, it was yes, was Richard Nixon a racist? Yes. The reason being, though, is the entire goal of what he was trying to do is there's even a former aide that even said it, uh, former Richard, uh, I want to make sure I get the quote right for this. I don't want to screw it up. Uh, or, uh, I want to make sure I get this absolutely right. I don't want to, yeah, John Daniel Eichmann in that, uh, Let's let's let me make sure it, I can get this fully correct. See, we could arrest their re leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. You know, the whole thing, you know, was a full on idea. Was yeah, they 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 knew even back then on certain stuff. And they still went along with it because they wanted people to sort of stereotype certain people about things leading into this war of drugs. That's part of part of this playbook that she's probably talking about. And also, if we're talking about the 19, we're talking about the 1960s, you know, people were still very much racist into the 70s. You know, it's not like when the civil rights, you know, thing was instantly, you know, like passed in 1964, you know. It wasn't like everybody immediately went, guys, guys, this this thing is passed. Now we're not racist immediately. That's not how it works. You have to have actual change over time and people actually beginning to change their mind on things. Well, hear me out here. The GOP is trying to recruit Muslim Americans, a community that makes up less than 2% of the U.S. population, against another tiny marginalized group of Americans, transgender people. It's important to remember that back in 2011, during the Republican primary, the right wing had designated Muslim Americans as public enemy number one. No surprise, given that conspiracy theorists, remember the birthers, I do, had been trying for years to portray President Obama as a Trojan horse for Sharia law. Republican after Republican candidate ginned up fear about the fabricated threat posed by an Islamic legal doctrine debated by scholars for centuries. To them, the imaginary prospect of Sharia law in this country was scarier than gun violence. Yeah, I mean, back then it was that way, but nowadays we see what you guys do and we go, holy shit, you know what? That Sharia law thing, it doesn't seem as bad as whatever the hell this bullshit is. As well as, well as the fact that, um, uh, let's see, back in 2011, let's see, when, what, you know, 2011, um, what was that closer to back in 2011? Oh, yeah, that's right. 9-11 was still a thing that, like, you know, we all agreed upon. Like, you know, a whole never forget. You know, we all still, 
were like, yeah, this was like deeply trash. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of like Islamophobia about this whole thing because people were rightly scared about this shit. They didn't want another terrorist attack on American soil. That, that was the whole issue. As well, now it's not really the it's not the right trying to recruit. It, it's not all of a sudden the right became you know so like oh yeah like we need to start recruiting you know Muslims now. It's because the right and Muslims are against the actual trans movement right now because they're like oh, this stuff is crazy. And we may not fully agree on everything, but we agree on this main issue and we're willing to set aside our differences and go, yeah, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to prospect it. And we agree that this should not be going on with our children. Like the, the Muslim community is deeply religious. This stuff is not allowed in their religion at all. That's why it would be crazy for it to be, you know, something that they would stand for climate change, and more important to discuss than, say, millions of people who didn't have health care. Um, because health care is not a right. And also, oof, man, I don't know if you've ever looked at some of those other health care places. Let's see, three times more likely to die in a UK hospital. Literally, some people are so literally actual doctors up in Canada, if you're tired of waiting for so long to uh, actually get, you know, treatment. They'll literally tell you to go to a super hospital where you have to pay for treatment, or sometimes you'll have to wait for so long they'll have to amputate your legs. Or, in the modern day, uh, from just a few weeks ago, uh, sometimes you might have to wait so long for medical care that you might as well just kill yourself. Genuine thing that happened. A person literally was is taking uh, medical-assisted suicide because that would be so much faster than actually getting the care that this person needed based on the actual health care. And also, you know, the Canadian healthcare system, you know, free healthcare is super good to the point where the Supreme Court of Canada had to call it a human's rights violation for the actual amount of time it takes. I do not believe in Sharia law in American courts. I believe in American laws in American courts. If we think that there is an undermining now, just wait if Sharia is adopted or utilized by justices in the United States. Accepting Sharia in the United States would be the end of our civilization as we know it. No jurisdiction will tolerate having Sharia imposed in the United States of America. The end of our civilization as we know it, say he says. Of course, there was no chance Sharia law was going to be implemented in the United States. Now, Trump's origin story is the birther movement is a part of that. But all of this also set the stage for him to make this declaration as a candidate in 2015. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Now, fast forward eight years, and the right wing has... I mean, okay, I, 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 I like the out-of-context clip playing we're, we're doing here. Is there, is there not more to that? I, I, I bet you there's more to that clip. Um... How about just shutting, like, I, I don't get where the controversy begins where we can't just say, hey, we're shutting down the border at this point. You know, not even just to Muslims, we're just shutting down the border completely. You know, no one in, no one out. You know, we're, we're deploying the Japan strategy right now. We're going to solve all these issues right now, and then we'll reopen when we feel like it. We're, you know, or just completely shutting the border, and that if you even cross it, uh, it's it's just your death at this point 
the entire idea that that's not already just a strategy for all the people completely, you know, coming over the border illegally is crazy in my eyes. Because, first of all, they're called illegal, you know, immigrants. If they're coming over here and they're not actively, if they didn't act, the I don't get how the policy isn't just immediately, okay, you have to apply for, you know, actual asylum in a different country and then, you know, we'll finally let you in when we let you in and then you can come in. I don't get the... the I, but whatever. But in the same place here... Listen, it, the entire idea of Sharia law, of course, it probably wasn't going to happen. The way politics always has run for so long has been through fear. You on the Democratic Party should know this. I mean, you literally are, you literally from an administration that's trying to rule by fear right now. Has focused their fear mongering on trans people. And who better to go after the new enemy than the old enemy? Consider this from 2015. We cannot be the warehouse of all these, you know, Muslim people coming from these far-flung lands where, you know, we, we're just not going to be able to uh, control who becomes radicalized, who doesn't, because of technology. It's impossible. Now, if you can believe it, Laura Ingram is rallying Muslims against books in schools with LGBT. Whoa, it's shocking. It's almost like people change over the course of time. It, it, it's, it's boggling of the mind. It, it, it's crazy to think that people wouldn't, you know, just change, like, over time. It's like, 2015 is kind of a long time ago. Like, I know that's, like, a little shocking, but 2015 is kind of a long time ago. Like, that's eight years ago. I don't know about you, but I think people, like, some people would kind of change over the course of, like, eight years. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think everyone is exactly in the same spot on, like, their actual standings with certain people in, you know, eight years. Like, I don't think everybody's like, yeah, you know, like, eight years ago, I'm exactly the same in terms of where I stand on every single issue that I do now, eight years later. I don't think there's, a like, a, like 100% of people that would say that that's the case. TQ plus themes. Us Catholics and uh, uh, other Christians, other people of faith, have been waiting for the Muslims to step up on this issue. In an interview later with Semaphore, Laura Ingram's guest, who you just saw on the screen, couldn't believe how ironic this all is. He said, quote, five years ago, Laura was saying we shouldn't have Muslims in this country. Now she's saying, thank God the Muslims are here. Just to summarize, the right-wingers, the conspiracy theorists, the birthers, Yep, the conspiracy theorists, because there's never been any, remember guys, according to Jen Psaki at this point, there has never, ever been a conspiracy theory on the left. There's never been one. Never. Never in the history of conspiracy theories, theorists, have there ever been one. They now want us to forget the years they spent fear-mongering about Muslims and Islam. Ten years ago, standing against Sharia law was the key GOP litmus test. Now that litmus test seems to be how fervently you oppose transgender people. Just listen to what Trump himself had to say about that. Even he doesn't exactly know why he's attacking them. It's amazing how strongly people feel about that. You see, I'm talking about cutting taxes. People go like that. Talking about, talk about transgender. Everyone goes crazy. Who would have thought five years ago you didn't know what the hell it was? 
So what you just heard in that video, that sounds an awful lot like and reminiscent of what George Wallace, a staunch segregationist, once told a newspaper editor. Quote, you know, I tried to talk about good roads and good schools and all these things that have been part of my career and nobody listened. And then I began talking about black people and they stomped the floor. So let's be clear. This is the same old GOP playbook. Another cynical ploy to... I have a, I have a, I have a George Wallace. Hmm. Hmm. Let's, uh, let's do a quick, uh, you see, there's a, let, let's see. Who is George Wallace? <gasps> I'm shocked. Call me shocked. Call me shocked. George Wallace, you'll never guess. You'll never guess this. Guys, it's absolutely hilarious. Get this. Political party. Democrat. I'm utterly shocked. You're telling me that a segregationist from the 1960s was a Democrat? I'm shocked. Call me shocked. Woo! I'm, by the way, this is right on Wikipedia. Literally, you just look up George Wallace a segregationist, and it's right there on the page. Segregationist, and from 19, 1960s, and wouldn't you know it, a Democrat. I'm shocked. <laughs> Call me surprised. Call me surprised. It's the same language, guys, except for the fact that you forget to mention the fact that, of course, they're a Democrat. Well, that was fun. Ugh. But we're not done. Uh, we're not done. Of course. One other fun thing to sort of end our uh, fun last bit of pride stuff of the year is so apparently the actor Michael Imperoli, I don't fucking know, says he's decided to forget uh, forbid bigots and homophobes from watching his work following the Supreme Court ruling. Oh, well, that's great. Now, that, that's great. But now, you uh, you are like me and you don't even know most actors or actresses names because well you just don't care uh, apparently i've just a qu quote here i've decided to forbid bigots and homophobes from watching the sopranos so if, you, if you're a bigot and a homophobe and you know you can't watch the sopranos anymore you can't watch white lotus you can't watch goodfellas or any movie or tv show i've been in oh guys guys we can't watch it anymore you know, the actor has said so. It's it's not like he's, you know, he, it's it's not like, you know, you've been told by, you know, actually like anybody that you, you know, of course, it, it's not like there's going to be a check anytime you go to watch these things, but you can't watch them, guys. You can't, you cannot do it, okay? You, you just can't, okay? No more, okay? No more. You you can't do it. Okay. Okay, everyone, no more watching no more watching the Sopranos, okay? You can't do it. Okay, you can't watch the White Lotus, the full Marvel Wastelanders Black Widow. You can't do it. Mini Saints Networks, you can't watch Blue Bloods anymore. You can't watch the three episodes of Blue Bloods, okay? Those are off the table. Okay, if you're a bigot and a homophobe, you can't do it. Okay, no more. You can't watch Y five O either. You can't watch Lucifer. Can't watch Mad Dogs. Uh, you, you you can't watch them anymore. 
You know, you just, you cannot do it. If you do, if you're a bigot, you can't do it. You can't watch the 83 episodes of Sopranos that he's in, okay? You can't watch the one episode of The Simpsons that he's in, okay? You can't do it, okay? You can't watch the six episodes of Law & Order that he's in. You know, you can't watch any of them, okay? If you're a bigot and a homophobe, you need to be very respectful to, to Michael, and you can't do it, okay? You just cannot watch it, okay? You're a bigot, you're a homophobe, you can't do it, all right? Man, well done. I'm sure that everyone is going to care and that everyone is absolutely going to be, of course, doing such a thing. I'm sure. I'm sure that this com is completely nothing but virtue signal pandling that uh, is, of course, of course, just great. By the way, the reason why he's doing this is because of the Supreme Court's ruling on the fact that a designer doesn't have to do a, a website for a, a gay wedding. So, uh, uh, so, um, yeah, of course, fu fu funny, uh, funny enough, some of the people in the comment section of this are like, yeah, that's what's up. You're fo fucking posting a gif of Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon going, yeah, this is, this is good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It was so going to work. Yes. Yeah. That's what we need. Oh. Yes, it's going to work, guys. We're excited. We're happy. The fact that he's standing with us by telling people to not watch his stuff, but there's not a way for people to not watch his stuff because people can watch whatever they want. Because, uh, shoot. If just don't think, if you don't think about it, it works. So that's good. Of course, over in France, France is falling. France is falling hard. Now, we did just watch Jen Psaki talk about how, you know, France is, or, you know, how, how you know, oh, why are you so fearful? Well, you see, when you not only take away guns, but uh, when you sort of let too many extremists into your country, well, you can start to lose your identity. When you think of France, you think of this very, you know, kind of upper-classy place, uh, also smells like piss, and, you know, a country that loses wars very easily. But, you know, so far, thousands have been injured. People are getting raped in the streets. Uh, there is civil unrest everywhere. I'm, of course, going to not really play any of the actual, like, audio of any of these stuffs, just because it is very disturbing footage. Um... You, of course, have a full-on... The police, by the way, are not giving a fuck, by the way, as the killing in France is everywhere, as the riots are continuing all over France, where they are burning down buildings fully. You have a bunch of mass crews of rioters going around, cutting down poles that have CCTV cameras. One crashed down on several of their own rioters, even... Fully just basically taking them out because they don't care. France has also fully, you know, had a police station be burned down. Rioters have raided a gun store and have armed themselves with literal rifles. They're fully going around and getting guns now. So now they even have guns. So they've, they've armed themselves. So they're going around beating the fuck out of people. Full-on apartments are on fire. Everywhere is just completely, completely 
completely going off the rails. As well as, of course, whereas there's a lot, a lot of, of course, anti-Semitism going on right now due to the vast, a lot of these actual people are, of course, you know, um, not French people because French people have lost their identity. I mean, you have a full-on, you know, family of French teen, a family of a French teen killed by cops, pleas for peace after fifth night of riots continuing. It's, it's continuing. It is disturbing. It is shocking to watch as so many people, as the terror is continuing all over the place, as they are trying to bring back order into the country, but it is hard. Even unconfirmed reports from even the military are being going to Macron and saying, you know, hey, hey, you know, if you don't fix this, fine, we'll go in and we'll fix this. I mean, they'll even fully, there's even an assassin attempt against the mayor of a Paris suburb, said his home was attacked, calling it an assassination attempt. It is just everywhere. France is just falling. As they're unable to control the migrant and left-wing riots taking place all across. The media can't handle how many places are just getting burned and looted and set to the ground. I mean, it is craziness. You know, the Islamic attacks, riots, murders, rapes, assaults, and lynching of police are a part of the new normal struggling with its mass legal migration problem. France is now a main Islamic country in Europe, with more than 10% of its population being Muslim. Islam is the second largest religion in France, being it takes the first position when counting active practice practitioners. So, uh, yeah. The citizens are defenseless because of the strict gun laws, and everywhere. Uh, and then of course. There is a full on. Full on practical civil war. Happening over. In France. So. France is uh, completely falling down. And fully maybe. Or may not be picking itself back up. Again. Well. Of course, last week, the Supreme Court made the very fantastical decision to, of course, outlaw affirmative action. And everyone with a actual brain and who isn't a racist uh, celebrated because they realized, wow, finally, you know, you'll get into universities based on merit and not just your race. Everyone who wasn't a racist celebrated that fact, but of course... You know, people, uh, the universities are, of course, going to comply, but, uh, of course, you know, they are, of course, going to, they are going to try to find a, uh, a loophole in such a way so that they can, you know, of course, you know, get through this, because obviously it's very tough, you know, they're giving therapy to some, because, well, you know, without affirmative action, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, to the unsurprisingness of anyone, 
Here's Joy Reid admitting that she only got into Harvard University because of affirmative action. Well, let, let me just be clear. I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went to a school no one had ever heard of in Denver, Colorado, in a small suburb. I didn't go to Exeter or Andover. Yeah, I didn't right. have college test prep. I just happened to be really nerdy and smart and have really good grades and good SAT scores. Right. But someone came to Denver, Colorado to look for me. A Harvard right. recruiter flew to Denver, and I met up with her at the Village Inn restaurant and did a pre-interview to get to to pull me into Harvard. I wasn't. I was pulled in. And the, and the schools like Harvard and Yale that That's I got the, into, affirmatively. Yes. And it was literally not saying we're going to take an unqualified person and put them right. in Harvard. Yes. We're going to take a very qualified person who we would never know existed and put them in Harvard. That's how I got there. That's how Katanji got there. That's how well, Justice Jackson, I should say, Justice yeah. Jackson got there. It's how Clarence Thomas got there. Right. But the minute I arrived from my majority black little town, Montbello in Denver, to Harvard, the first like week or two that I was in class, my presence was questioned by white people. I was in this big conference class hmm. where some white students st stood up and said, those students, the black students, they're only here because of affirmative action. It became a huge argument that we all ended up having. This was freshman year. I had never had my academic credentials questioned. I had never had anyone question whether I was intelligent until I got to Harvard. And it was a defining uh, point of my experience there. It's why I really was mis one of the many reasons I was miserable there my freshman year. Yeah. You felt completely out of place and people keep telling you you shouldn't be here and yet some of the people i went to school with were far less smart than me or the other right. black folk there right. they got in because their daddy and their granddaddy i right. went to school with somebody whose name was on one of the buildings <laughs> you're going to school with people whose names are on the buildings who are third and fourth generation legacies whose parents pumped money into harvard to get them right. in but that affirmative action is okay with this majority. They said that the people who benefited from slavery, their descendants, who are so far ahead of black folk in terms of opportunity, that we'll never catch up to them. I don't care how many Oprahs we get. Those people's affirmative action is a-okay because those people yeah. can pay for fancy trips for them. Yeah. But you people who want to get in just because of your brains but you're not from a legacy, too bad. You can't come in. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, n n no. See, here's where I have a mass amount of doubt that I'm pretty sure, I, for the most part, I don't know how much, you know, Harvard is actually going to, like, people, because that just seems really weird. I'm being really honest with you when I say this, no, I have serious doubts. Okay, the one part that I have zero doubts is on people going, yeah, I don't, like, you probably are here because of affirmative action. If you want to prove them wrong, you should prove them wrong. Showing off your grades, showing off the fact that, hey, you know, like, I was smart, you know, I passed everything, you know, I, I got accepted, I made it here to this whole, you know, through this whole area. I mean, if that's the idea, then that's fine. I, the entirety of the court's decision isn't saying, yeah, because you're black, you can't go to Harvard anymore. That's not what it's saying. If you have the actual ability to actually get into Harvard based on your merit, your skill alone, then you can get into Harvard. It doesn't mean that giving in, getting into Harvard should be this easy thing. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just ridiculous. Even AOC, of course, the, the ridiculously smart person that she is, of course, is SCOTUS.
was was serious about their their of course colorblindness claims they would have abolished legacy admissions aka affirmative action for the privilege 70% of Harvard's legacy applicants are white SCOTUS didn't touch that that's because it's not a part of the case it's not a part of their case to touch that kind of thing their case was only on this affirmative action on race-based affirmative action it wasn't on legacy people who would pump the school for money if you wanted the thing to be touched on about that then okay touch the donors of these schools then do something about it on your end. It's not the entirety of the Supreme Court is not your little fucking body of busy little bees that's going to do your every little action and every little say so, you freaking fascist dictator. It's not how it works. It's not how it ever should work. Because the Supreme Court takes on cases. Its cases only revolve around, okay, taking what the Constitution says putting it towards the case. Is this constitutional? Is this not constitutional? That's it. Doing judicial review on certain laws, certain things, making sure that things are a-okay, that things are not over the line. That is what the Supreme Court's job is to do. It's not meant to be a law by a full-on rulemaking body. That's not what it's meant for. It's meant to decide on cases that maybe lower courts couldn't fully handle, to fully set the entire, you know, nationwide precedent, that then ends up going out to all of the circuit courts, no matter where they are in the country. That is what is going on here. And so, if you wanted them to touch that, then bring your own case forward on said thing, or try to, you know, fully, you know, place out a tax on the university for allowing such a practice to continue basically like bribery. So, it's not their job to do stuff like that. And of course, you know, the New York Times, uh, of course, since with speaking of colleges, the New York Times, of course, gave uh, college students a, a great out on how to deal with all of their student loan. Uh, well, why not just kill yourself? You know, why why not just use death? That's right. Just just die. If you die, then you could, you know, die. Among the six uh, methods uh, that the author includes to get rid of student loan debt, such as signing up for student loan forgiveness, filing for bankruptcy, he included that debt dies with the person takes the option given for students worried that the debt their loved ones took out for their schooling would pass to them if uh, those loved ones dies. Lieber assured them it wouldn't. Of course, it, no, people, there's still money there. People still have to pay. You, you you still you you still have to pay. <laughs> it literally, the the article is literally entitled from the New York Times: <laughs> Six Ways You Can Still Cancel Your Federal Student Loan Debt. Well, I mean, what could you possibly get? This is not something that most people choose a solution to their debt burden. Still, if you're a young adult wondering. Uh, about the federal plus loans your relatives took out to pay for your education, you may be wondering whether the debt dies with the person or people who take it on. It does. The federal government will not make a claim on the on their estate, and you will not inherit the balance. That's it. There you go. Just die. Just die. Just literally end your existence. Just end your existence. Is your debt too high? Well, don't worry, your family is not at all going to suffer the consequences of your debt. So just kill yourself. 
just die. It's a better solution anyway. It'll be so much better, not only for you, because you don't have to pay a debt anymore, but you'll be doing a big favor for the environment, for the planet. It's great. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. What a great solution. What a great, great solution. Well, moving right along. So the child of Hunter uh, Biden with a uh, stripper that he had that, of course, is not, of course, at all his child or anything. You know, it's not his child. Of course, apparently, you know, the child can't use uh, the last name anymore. But now in a full on case that's going on, has apparently agreed to have her child support payments from uh, from him slashed from 20000 to 5000 as a part of the agreement. But uh, she also agreed to drop her demand to have the child ha adopt the name. But of course, of course, the child uh, and a former stripper will select one of the one of his paintings to keep as a part of the child support settlement. That's right. He she, you know, may not be getting all of that money, but do not worry. You can now also get one of his paintings. Uh, the, re the exact number has been, of course, redacted. The child shall select the paintings which shall either be sent to the child or to a gallery chosen by the child's mother. The paintings which were created as a part of his rehabilitation from drug and alcohol addiction are, of course, are estimated to wor be worth between $75,000 and $500,000 each by the New York City gallery that exhibited the work. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, he can have some paintings. Give the he can give up some of his paintings, guys. Yes. His his totally not overpriced paintings that I'm sure look really 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 good. Ah. Uh, really good. Ah, uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness that the child may not ever get, you know, the Biden name so they can really even more distance themselves from this literal ill-begotten child but they can also get some of those nice beautiful paintings for the child Ah, great great work everyone well in some other news so there's an account that was on twitter called erica marsh in which she seemed a little too stupid and to be taken seriously she had a set of viral tweets She'd, of course, been a liberal count that a lot of people, you know, of course, you know, be a very big progressive icon for progressives during tax month, of course, weighed in on the defeat of, of course, Lori Lightfoot, of course, called Ron DeSantis a modern day Hitler. Well, of course, it appears that, uh, well, the person isn't real. The account is actually linked to a Belgian firm, which leads to one of its executives threatening a lawsuit. That's right. She was never a person that existed in the first place. She, of course, apparently was supposedly supposed to be a former field organizer for both the Joe Biden and Obama Foundation volunteer, but she's never existed. As, uh, of course, she doesn't exist. Uh, there is the it's fully from a full-on place that are actually uh is a consulting firm in Belgium in which it's a part of a digital marketing 
firm that uh, sells, who labels himself as social selling. You know, it's social selling. Yes. Yes, they created a full-on fake person to fully make a fake, like, liberal leftist who even tweeted out, like, probably, like, one of the most racist things I've seen when the whole, uh, when the whole, uh, come down of the affirmative action thing came around is now suspended. The account is basically just gone forever. And yes, the full-on person isn't fake, isn't real. It's just a digital marketing, you know, fake that this company of first just social selling has made in which the person never was real and was just ran by a Belgian consulting firm for the Dems. Wasn't real and never was. So that's fun. That's fun. As well as the new emperor of the Soros Foundation has uh, is set to lay off 40% of its workforce because, well, you know, the new emperor has decided that they just don't need all those people anymore. So they need to undergo significant changes in its operating model so that they don't need all of those people. So they, of course, have about 800 staff and they want to reduce its headcount by no less than 40% globally. So that's good. Yes, the Emperor has decided that they don't need, you know, all of those people. They need to just, you know, get rid of a lot of them because, you know, it'll help reduce their climate footprint as a, as a society, as their, op as their foundation. So it's good, guys. The new Emperor, he's coming in and he's already making big, Big changes to the great open society. I'm sure that is a great and fantastic, fantastic change. Now, I'm going to put a big allegedly on the front of this. Uh, of course, you can read the article for yourself. But according to this, a researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology claimed that China deliberately developed the COVID-19 vaccine of the, the vaccine, but virus as a quote-unquote alleged bio-weapon. Um, of course, including allegedly here for very obvious reasons. The researcher Chao Xiao said during an interview with reporter uh, and activist Jennifer Zhang this week that his fellow lab researchers were given different strains of the coronaviruses and asked to determine which is the most effective for spreading across various species. Xiao further claimed that the whereabouts of several of his colleagues could not be determined during the 2019 Military World Games in Wuhan, and that some of them were sent to hotels where international athletes were living to check the health and hygiene conditions. Xiao says he thinks his colleagues were sent to the hotels to spread coronavirus. The Jerusalem Post reported, Chow, Chow suspected that these actions were unrelated to the virology research and suggested that they were potentially involved in spreading said virus. And then additionally, Chow Chow disclosed that in April 2020, he was sent to Xinjiang to assist the health status of the Uyghur prisoners held in the re-education camps. So, yes, this is, of course, very, very allegedly right now. And that apparently, yes, it seems that this was a bioweapon, but like I said, very much alleged in the way of, well, I, we're going to need to learn a little bit more before I can fully take the full seriousness of these claims.
Finally, in our unrelated topics of the day, Greta Thunberg met, of course, Zelensky at the end of, of Pride Month last week, where, of course, the great climate activist met up with, with Zelensky for whatever reason in the ultimate virtue signaling of, of the year where they discussed the formation of an ecology group. Yes, the most corrupt government in the world, I'm sure, is very much uh, happy doing such a thing. I'm sure that it's, you know, of course, and it's very important signals for supporting Ukraine. It really is important. Yes, it's very, you know, we need your professional help, he told Thunberg and the rest of those assembled. Yes, yes, yes. Even though they're literally being invaded by Russia and they're literally preparing for a nuclear explosion to go off. Yes, environment stuff right now, all the time. Yes, good, good, good. As well as the fact, uh, the White House, speaking of climate change, the White House has decided that apparently it's not a joke and that we should actively try to block out the sun. You know, like, we, we should actually try to block out the sun's rays to slow global warming. You know, you would think it's a Babylon Bee article, but it's a genuine report that came out of our own Congress that outlines research options for a last-ditch effort to slow the heating of the planet. So, I guess, yes, let's put a giant umbrella around the globe so we can cool ourselves down, I guess. What a... We're, we're the most serious race of people I've ever seen on this entire, entire planet. And finally, finally, in our world, some of us might wonder, you know, how much is to, you know, when, what is low income in certain areas? You know, the average American makes around, you know, almost, you know, 50 to 40-ish thousand dollars, you know, a year. Well, how about out in California? You know, what do you need to be successful out in California? You know, what what do you need? You know, how much money do you need to be successful out in California? Well, apparently, apparently, low income out in San Francisco is now, if you're making $104,000, is classified now as low income in San Francisco County. That's right. If you if you are making even $65,000 for a single person, then you're now considered very low income in San Francisco County with the moderate income being at $147,000. That's right. In order for you to even be placed at moderate income, you need to be at 147 almost 150k just to be considered moderate income. So, yes, that's basically because the entirety of just getting a place to live is over almost 4,000 to 3,000 plus dollars a month, which is crazy. That's why people are fleeing such a city because they can't afford it. I mean, Doug, I mean, how many people are even, like, out of, like, college or even, like, you know, if you don't go to, co like, college or, like, high school, going to be able to afford that? I mean, that's ridiculous. N who can even afford something even like that? Truly, truly uh, interesting stuff to just see. In what parts of the country, you know, how much even just what considers as low income? So, yes, it, 
So for all of those women out there that want a man who's making a hundred thousand, don't don't look for a man out in San Francisco, as apparently that's low income now. So uh, truly, truly exhilarating stuff. Well, that is of course going to do it today here for the Political Panda program. Of course, if you haven't already, please consider hitting that subscribe button, following over on Twitter and True Social. And of course, if you haven't already, please of course check out all of the stuff down below where you can of course your own research you can read all of this stuff for yourself and of course i'll see you maybe tomorrow i might be seeing some stuff tomorrow well there's a it's, it's a weird schedule for july 4th uh, of course uh, if i'm not here i'll try to put out something on twitter or true social uh but of course uh of course if i'm not have have a happy 4th of july of course uh, of course another birthday for america and as always I'll see you either tomorrow or Wednesday for another edition of the program. See you later.